As we continue to race into the future, one might think that we'll all be driving electric cars in about five years or so. But as more people begin to experience the EV, they are finding issues that are pumping the brakes on this technology. We will explore whether there's an EV backlash happening next up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome back to Today in Tech. In recent weeks, there have been a number of stories reporting several issues in the electric vehicle space, including battery issues, potential charging problems, fires, uh, and a lot of concerns about the infrastructure, about whether we can actually support uh, an increase in the number of EVs and the price of the vehicles. As governments continue to push regulations to spur the adoption of EVs, as well as companies like Tesla, Rivian, Ford, and GM aggressively pushing the technology, is it time to step back and take a look and become a little bit more skeptical and ask where all of this is heading? Pushing the horizontals and verticals is Chris from Behind the Camera. Hi, Chris. Hey, how you going? You're a big car guy too, aren't you? Mm. I know that you follow this space a lot more than I do, but you know, it, it is a cool issue. And I think uh, just for example, I think we, we've, we talked a lot on the show about uh, autonomous vehicles and self-driving cars. And, right. And you might think that, that the industry is headed towards that, but it's also at the same time heading towards this sort of electric vehicle EV future. Um, and so there's just been a lot of stories in recent weeks as, you know, we, we compile a lot of, of, of stories about potential topics to talk on the show. And I think we finally got enough of them where we can sort of talk about this whole potential backlash as we, as we find more and more stories about this. Uh, but, but first I want to just sort of, sort of frame the discussion of, uh, I, I'm buying a new car. So, you know, hey, yeah, Keith's getting a new car. Yeah, you getting rid of the trash can? Well, no, no. <laughs> the, the trash can car <laughs> is becoming the one for the t for my oldest daughter who is uh, has had her license for about six, okay, six so months now. Okay, so you're passing it down. So I'm passing it down. That's what, that's what happens in the Shaw family is like, you know... Um, same thing happened to me when I turned 16. I got the I got the big junky car that my dad didn't want to drive anymore. And um, and then all through college, I had a, a Ford that completely broke down. And uh, they named a, a, the Firestone in, in the Syracuse area has a little wing dedicated to me because I've given so much money to this this uh, this service station that was basically fixing my car all the time. So I'm getting a, so I'm getting a new one for sort of my commute back and forth to here. So. It's a, it's a later model car. I think this is a 2021 car that I'm getting, but it's not electric. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, it's a, you know, the way that I buy cars, I don't buy brand new. I usually buy a used car. So my adoption of new technology in cars is probably about five to 10 years behind either the mainstream or even the cutting edge. So yeah. I figure I won't probably get either a hybrid or an electric vehicle until, you know, 2030 or 2040 or Although hybrids later. today, hybrids today are pretty good from what I've heard, from what I hear. Yeah. But are, do they, do they sell well in terms of the used market as well? I'm, I have I'm not really familiar with that. Like I, you know, again, the place where I go to get it, I just, I, yeah. you know, I, I'm buying by brand and I'm buying by color to be honest. I guess it depends because with hybrid, you know, there is the aspect of worrying about the battery. So I'll give you, I don't know, for example, like a Toyota Prius, right? Yeah. Maybe if it has 100,000 miles on it, maybe not. You know, maybe you might want to buy one that's maybe only got 30,000 because, you know, it, it does have a battery in it. So you don't want to buy one that has too much wear on it. But I would imagine it does pretty good. I, I have a feeling a hybrid used hybrid car sales does better than used EV sales. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, potentially. 
Yeah. In fact, but but I don't think I don't. There's not a lot of coverage of that in terms of articles about sort of the secondary market for EVs just yet. Because every, I mean, know, it's, it's too early. Yeah, it's it's, it's too early. So um, so another another story that sort of piqued our attention was this uh, story in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it was an essay last uh, last week that says, "Don't expect mass adoption of electric cars anytime soon." Uh, that helped trigger our sort of our interest in this. Is that? Um, Basically, governments are pushing sort of these new regulations that are trying to get more and more people interested in, in EVs. I, you know, there was some rebates that they were offering. So if you if you bought an EV, you would get something off of your taxes. There would be a rebate yeah, yeah, like a tax, tax cut or something. Tax cut, yeah, uh, things like that. Uh, the Biden administration, it, I, they want EVs to account for sixty seven percent of auto sales by twenty thirty two. I mean, that is what nine years away. That's that's I. Oh my god, I I don't believe that. And then Cal- yeah, California is ba- is planning to ban the sale of gas powered vehicles in 2035. That's 13 years away. You know, we're here in Massachusetts, Jeez. and there I'm hearing. You I know, mean, you f- I mean, we're technically we're the California of the East. Yeah, right. But we're hearing similar things in Massachusetts. It's like so this car that I'm buying. You know, I'm hoping to to hold it for at least 10 to 12 years. Maybe at that point, when I'm ready to replace that one. Uh, maybe then I'll be forced to buy either a you'll hybrid be, or you'll or, be driving an illegal car or gas Please. will be $20 a gallon at that point. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, there is government and inc- you know, obviously there's government incentives to try to sort of push and pull people into this, this EV market. Um, so we have seen increase, you know, we have seen an increase in the number of people that are owning these cars. And again, you know, it's like you feel good when you have an electric car because you're like, hey, I'm saving the planet or I'm helping the environment. But I don't think a lot of people realize sort of all of the consequences behind that. And 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 again, I I, I don't mean to get political on this. I, obviously, there's there's political viewpoints on, on both sides of this. Um, but we want to p- point out that from a technology standpoint, there are some some consequences that people are now discovering. Um, and the second big issue is the price. Uh, it's, it still feels like, you know, obviously there's Tesla and, you know, it's run by Elon Musk and everybody that I know that has a Tesla, they always seem to be extremely more wealthy than I am. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's what it looks like right now, especially because they're what, 40, $50,000 for a, for a new one or even higher. Yeah, they're up there. They're up there in price. And then, I mean, not even just that, but it's like, you got to think about charging it at your home. That's yep. electricity that you're using at yep. home. Trying to find a charging station, albeit Tesla chargers are kind of almost all over all over the place. They're the most widely uh, accessible charging port out there. So yeah, so so uh, Tesla uh, a couple weeks ago actually reduced the. Uh, they're, they're trying to lower the price of theirs, but, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal story on this one said, uh, the Model 3 sedan is now, uh, uh, is now down to $41,990. Uh, there's a new lower range version of its Model Y crossover, which starts at $49,990. Uh, it's, it's like that you, you look at that money and I'm like, I can't, I don't know. Like, I can't afford that type of, of a vehicle. There's a CNBC story that is also out that says that the $25,000 electric vehicle is coming. Um, and, and I think that that number becomes sort of the, all right, maybe adoption happens at this point. But from what I've seen, and again, I'm not a huge, huge car guy because again, I'm about 10 year, 10 to five, 15 years behind. Yeah. Um, like, you know what I'm excited most about this new car that I'm getting? It's the rear view camera. Like the, you know, the, so when I'm backing out, 
I can see behind me now. Yeah, that, that actually that's what I was excited about and, when I got my my new car. Yeah, and the Bluetooth. So the mm-hmm. so I can now listen to um, you know my playlists and my podcasts when I'm going home rather than trying to, to jiggle with the the aux port, which was the last big uh, music wide feature. It used to be about cup holders too. It's like okay, Keith, get excited a little bit more about engines or cars or fuel efficiency things like that. No, no, I'm just excited about the the aux port. And yeah, Bluetooth. Yeah. So, 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 so hold on a little yeah. about my cars. Okay, the cars that, that you, I've had. You tell me, Chris. I, I want to hear about your. I've had a 1996 Ford Taurus that was handed down by my grandma. Uh huh. Um, it had a hole in the passenger floor <laughs> underneath the carpet. So whenever it rained out and you drive through puddles and stuff like that, you know, water would build up in the passenger. Uh, in the passenger side on the floor. So it was definitely an experience driving that. Um, after that, I ended up getting a 2010 Hyundai Elantra. It was cheap. It was my first car, you know, that I, that you buy the, yeah. after, after when, col- you, when you're finally out of college, college and you're not living with your parents anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that was my first one. And then, so that was a 2010. And then I bought a new car in 2019, 2020. So it was like 10 years after I bought a 2015 Toyota Tacoma. 2015. I didn't, I I don't know. I I have this thing about cars having too much electronics in them because a lot of things can go wrong once you start adding more electronics to vehicles. Right. You know, shortages and stuff like that. You have more and more and more sensors in cars. It's like, I I just want, I want something that kind of borders the line of conventional and modern. Right. So I ended up getting a a 2015 Tacoma because they're like one of the most reliable trucks and uh, I love it. Is this, is this the giant truck that I keep calling it a monster truck and it's not, it's not giant? No, no. It's just because I'm a short guy. You're just short. I'm just short. I, I I do need like a booster, little booster (laughs) um, thing to step on before I get into your truck or I need to leap into your truck. I mean, it's a mid-sized pickup truck. It's not (laughs) even a, you know, it's not even full size. So, all right. So my history, like my first car was a Dodge Magnum, which was, which we called the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, and then I had this horrible Ford Fairmont that that's the one that broke down in college all the time. Uh, I ended up with a, I ended up getting another hand me down from my parents. It was a Nissan Sentra or Stanza. Uh, and that one, I, when I was down in Florida for a while, I had that one. That was my last stick shift car. I uh, had a manual transmission, loved driving stick shift. Um, and that broke down on my way from Florida back up to New England or New York, where I was working at the time. And then bought a Toyota Corolla. 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 Those things are tanks. I bought this thing for $900 used. It was, it was either $500 or $900. I borrowed money from my job in order to pay for this. And it lasted me two to three years. By the end of it, it had a hole in the gas tank. Wow. Where I could only fill up the tank halfway. Mm-hmm. Because if I went over half, then that's where the hole was. And it would start to leak. So at some point that, and then at that point I had a job where I was like, I've got to become a real car guy. I can't be, I can't be this, you know, used fourth, fifth owner of a car type thing. So then, then I bought a couple of Hondas and, um, but then you get married and you have kids and you see you're sort of on the way, you, you know, you sort of give up your dreams of having a cool car and then you get the you know so i had like a you get a minivan you get a minivan nice you know you got the loser cruiser i got the uh, we had a toyota minivan <laughs> and so fine and then and then that lasted through all of the kids actually growing up 
uh, and so now the kids are all teenagers. They don't care about what car they're in other than they don't want to be in the same car with us. So now I can actually go back and having a cool commuter car, which is what I'm going to do now. Um, you know, this is just for me and driving. And so then we now for the family vehicle, the family truckster, so to speak, is is now a SUV crossover type thing. It's a Honda, Honda pilot. pilot. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. And again, that's what that's what, you know, suburban people in Massachusetts all drive. And it's all the same color. It's like everyone has the same one. So we have to put stickers on the back of our car just so that we can identify it in a parking lot. How you differentiate your personality on the road. And so, like, yep. you know. Yeah, I don't put eight billion uh, political bumper stickers on the back because I'm, I'm terrified of someone, you know, kind of knocking me off the road. Right. Going, oh, I, I disagree with your position. Anyway, so we've gone off way off track on this one. Um, but the CNBC story is saying that, you know, event, you know, so the car makers are pushing, pushing for to get away from that sort of elite market. Well, the thing that I fear, though, is that there are less expensive EVs out there. But the, from what I hear is that like they're just not they're not great. And I don't know if it's 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 more my my impression about what an EV should be or or things like that. But now we're as more people are getting them, we're starting to hear problems. Let's let's talk about the first major problem, which was the fires. Right. We're mm-hmm. you 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 seem to know a lot more about these these cars just sort of spontaneously combusting everywhere and and causing mayhem. Um and and you want to play the the video that you've got from this was a report in California, it was sort of a specialized report. So uh, this is a this is a fire going on at a house. The house caught fire because the car caught fire. This was a Tesla, and um, the the challenges that that these firefighters are having is that the normal amount of water it takes to put out a car fire, I've we've discovered it's about five hundred to a thousand gallons of water. Uh, for a Tesla fire, if the battery starts catching fire, it's between 30,000 to 40,000 gallons of water. And we found, and that's, we found that in an article, right? Yeah. There's an article about, uh, International Association of Fire and Rescue Services. Yeah. 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 Let me just, uh, pull that And we'll put that link. As a reference. Yeah. We'll put that link in the, uh, the show notes as well. Yeah. Here we go. Could take up to thirty to forty thousand gallons. So, and these things get these things get hotter too. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's just the nature of the energy source. Energy source, right? It's a lithium ion battery. So you're storing char, char, electrical yeah. charge in a, this massive body uh, in the car, right? Compared to internal combustion engine, right? It's just oil. Um, it's a lot easier to put out. And I mean, we could see it here. If we look at the article, normally a car fire can be put out with 500 to a thousand gallons of water. Yeah. Piece of cake. Okay. Now times that by 10 or 30, right? 10 to 30,000, you know, even when you do put out and I mean, we'll see it here in the, in the video. It's just like, even when you do put out a fire from a, an EV from lithium ion batteries, it can still set itself back on fire after it's out. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, it's stored energy. So it's, it becomes much more difficult. And uh, so, and, and these are, you know, and obviously these might, you might, a skeptic might go, oh, but these are isolated incidents. This is, this is something that's not going to be a, a big concern. But if you, if you sort of see where, how many people have an electric vehicle right now, and we're at what, 
maybe 1%, one percent one to two to three percent let's say one to three okay and now let's 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 take that graph and go up to 70 percent which is what the the biden administration wants by 2035 now how many of these electric vehicles are catching fire probably again one percent or you know or less or whatever that number is because yeah. not every electrical vehicle is going to catch on fire but more electrical ve- you know as you get more evs on the road the potential for more fires is oh, it's greater. It's greater. Yeah, it's just, and I don't know if if fire departments from around the country or around the world, can, you know, are ready ready for this. I mean, obviously, you get reports like this of of potential danger, especially in, in a state like California, which is going to ban all you know ban well, all. I, I, I'd be more worried about. Um having the water to put it out yeah and then you, yeah <laughs> especially yeah. if you have like a drought going on uh especially in california right uh where you have shortage on on water and dare i say electricity <laughs> um having ev fires over there that'd be uh, that might become difficult you know but like the other thing too is you know even vehicles today regular combustion engine vehicles um there are recalls um where there might be shortages and stuff in like the electrical of like a regular internal combustion engine. Yeah. So it's not to say that regular, you know, regular combustion engine vehicles uh, can't catch on fire. They can, but it's a lot easier to put out a regular combustion engine car than an EV. And right. That's the big problem is because like once you get a fire going in an EV, it's going to keep going until it gets, until it peters out. You've you got to either run out of oxygen or, or you know, that 30, 40, 50,000 gallons. You got to douse, you got to douse. Yeah. It you've got to, you've got to basically get rid of the heat source and, or the oxygen. I mean, that was, that's what you learned in fire safety in elementary school. It's like, there's three things that start a fire, right? And <laughs> you eliminate one of them and the fire goes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if a lot of people are understanding the potential for that and ha- what kind well, of impact that's going to have. Well, I, and I said this earlier, I, I just feel like, you know, as a nation, as a, as a people, right? We're, we we kind of have our horse blinders on when we look at EVs, right? Yeah. We're only looking at it as it's a way to, uh, you know, be um, green, right? Right. In order to like save the environment. but I, I And that's a legitimate goal for, for people. I think, you know, we... It, we tend to like again without getting political i think we want to it, it it does make sense to do things like recycle it does make sense to do things like you know try to reduce the carbon emissions that we're doing because of the you know some of the yeah but it, I, it makes sense to sort but but sort of forcing everybody to do it i don't know I yeah mean, forcing if you, but and, if you don't force someone will it ever get done but it's also you know it's and it's not so black and white it's not like yeah let's have 60 percent of the population drive solely evs and and reduce the sales of of ice vehicles by like 50 percent is that really gonna to solve that problem i i because there's going to be trade-offs there's going to be trade-offs like how how are you gonna power? Let's, let's like looking at a population. A population sixty percent of EVs. How are you gonna charge sixty percent of a, of the population's cars on EVs? That's oh, yeah. insane. And, and, and where is that gonna come I've, from? I still haven't heard a great explanation in terms of the electrical grid being able to support. We well that's that the thing. type you, of infrastructure we, because when most of the electricity that's being produced in in the world is still based on fossil fuels. So you're just trading, and it, it's and, a trade off, and it doesn't make it, yeah. I, but I th- but I think that's the part that I think needs to be said more is like, you know, what's really at stake, like what's really going on, like yeah, in order to have sixty percent of the population on, on EVs, yeah, you're we're gonna have to have this, we're gonna have to have that, we're gonna have to have, you know, more. I mean, think about this, like the amount of real estate 
it's going to take, like when you look at a, a gas station on the side of the highway, right? It's a strip, right? You, you drive in, you get off on the off ramp, it's a little strip, right? And you have a row of, of, of pumps, right? I have a feeling, and I'm just trying to like think logically about this. It's like, you're going to have probably have to have four times that amount to facilitate you know, getting off of the highway to recharge your vehicle. Cause you're gonna have to stay there for longer. Yep. You're going to have a lot more, e- you know, a lot more EVs on the road. So you have to facilitate that space. It's no longer drive into a gas station, stay there for five minutes and then leave. Right. It's and drive then, in, stay there for, for at least half an hour, yeah. then leave. So how you, gonna, well, and that's, that's going to, it's those things we're not thinking about. That's kind of, and, and we discussed this a little bit on, on, you know, the last time we were talking about EVs, we had a, the, the guy from Cap Gemini on about the whole nature of how our driving habits are going to change. Um, the yeah. idea of a, of a long road trip in an EV is going to be completely different than Absolutely. sort of the road trip that you take now in your in your cars or your station wagons or or your your minivans so to speak you know i've i i've driven the family when when the kids were really little we drove down to south carolina once when they were a little bit older we drove them to niagara falls and and toronto and you know that, that's a five to six hour seven hour drive and you have to make stops to get gas but it's only like two or three and you can but, keep going and, and you don't have to think about those and when you, stops, and when you those have, stops that much when you have kids you start thinking about bathroom breaks and when they get <laughs> okay hungry. yeah sure but so, like yeah. That's more of a concern, but but again, stopping. To, you know, if you're just driving by yourself and you you're like, oh, I got to drive to New York. I want to, you know, it's going to be four hours, and I'll stop a couple times, or I'll stop maybe once to fill it up. Uh, you want to just gas and go. You gas, go right. to the bathroom, get some food, or get a snack or a soda, and then go. With with EVs, you sort of have to plan it out now, and you start watching that that percentage go down and down and down and down. You don't have any room for error. You don't right. have any room for error. You so, have to you get there a certain time. Otherwise, yeah, I've I've read I've read that that companies are going to sort of set up EV charging stations. So it's going to be like you're going to be at a little mall, or you're going to be a you're going to have to just sort of plug in and then go wander for a while. I, there was one report uh, that it, or it was a podcast where someone was like recharging and they were in washington dc so they just could decided to go sightseeing for you know a day or two it's like oh, right. it extends the day it extends sort of this idea of the road trip you're gonna have to plan to do other things while you're just trying to get this thing to to recharge and i don't know if people are ready for that either i don't know if 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 that's gonna sort of change everybody's attitude or they're only going to use evs for you know, just sort of become that commuter car and, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll just charge it at work and I'll charge it at home. And, you know, for the road trip, it's going to be getting that old gas guzzling. I, honestly, I, th- I think that's where it is right now. I think that's what the, the use case is for EVs right now. It's just kind of either you're using it f- to go from point A to point B at a defined distance and just for in town yeah. In, in, in town, what do you call it? Like movement, right? You're just yeah. moving in and out of like downtown, right? Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be used for really any any long-term traveling or, or right. something. Like that. Unless, know, unless you can plan it out really well and you you can give up 45 minutes of your of your time in between. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know. I have friends and family that have family in other states and they do the, you know, in the holiday time, they go... And you you know you're on the road for five or six hours. You're like, well, now I've got to stop in the middle because I can only go 220 miles. If if it's a you know, let's say it's a 500 mile road trip. Yeah, that's at least two stops that you know you may have to be recharging. And I don't know. I I 
I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm not, I don't have to look forward to that. The other point I wanted to make too, is that when I was, te- when I was test driving this new car, it was really nice. Like oh, it's sure. got good, it's got a good acceleration. Again, this is a car that's only a couple of years old versus this other one I've been driving for about 10 to 12 years, um, which has sort of got wear and tear on it now. And it's like, Oh, I actually might enjoy driving again. Um, I get into the phase of the, when I start talking about autonomous vehicles, there's all of these benefits about if, if you have a computer and an AI sort of driving you around, you can then focus on other things. So you can, you know, watch some videos or catch up on work and all of these things. And it's like this utopian vision of life is going to be great because you won't have to sit in traffic. And, you know, because, again, if you get stuck in traffic, especially around here in the Mass Pike in Boston, yeah. you just start gripping that wheel and you start going, I don't know. I, you know, and then you get road rage or I, not that I've ever had road rage. Of course, I, I smile and wave at everybody. But there is something to be said about the actual thrill of driving. Oh, of a course. cool car, yeah, right? Of course, and so that's what people tell me when I try to say, "Oh, the future is going to be autonomous cars." They're like, "No, Keith. Like, there's still that appeal. We're, we're, you know, the U.S. We were, you know, we grew up on cars. There's, there's a car culture out there that I've never tapped into. I mean, it's a, it's a, it, it's a sport. If you, yeah. if you think about it, it's a sport, right? We have racing, right? So it's definitely, yeah, people enjoy like, it. So you know what? You know what my favorite thing did? So I, you know, I was in a NASCAR for a while in the 90s. My dad loved, loved NASCAR races. And so I would go to a lot of races with him. Um, so I, I loved watching that sport and, and sort of car racing. Um, I took my son last week to a go-kart track. Uh, this was down in, in near, near Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, it was school vacation week. And so, you know, they, they had opened up the go-kart tracks. So there was about 20 different go-karts on this track. And it was a cool one where it wasn't just a circle. It was one that kind of, it had a tunnel and it had a bunch of curves. And, um, I get behind the wheel of this go-kart and I go, I'm going to beat all these little kids with it, with my race car driving skills. And <laughs> it's one of those carts where like they, they put bumper sticker and they've, they're the, the go-karts are lawnmower based go-karts have yeah. you seen those yeah so they yeah. don't go super fast but they go fast enough for you know what they are for what they are, yeah, for what they are. um but they've got the little sticker on the back that says no bumping you know like because they don't want you to spin out anybody um but all of these little kids they don't know how to drive well not little kids i mean you have to be 54 inches in order to get into the car and drive by yourself otherwise you got to ride with your, with your parent so I would go into the corner hard and then just sort of like ease these kids away, uh, off of the corner and then and then pass them on the inside. I was like, this is great. And so maybe that's why I decided to buy a car because I was like, oh, you know, not that I'm going to be doing this on the Mass Pike. It's going to be boring, Keith. I'm going to have to keep you know. an eye out for you on the road. <laughs> I decided not to buy a red one because I know that red cars typically get pulled over more than than other car, other color cars. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about the thrill of of driving and and i'm not even a car guy i've never been a car guy but yeah there i'm is not that much of a car guy either but you're a truck guy uh kind of <laughs> kind of i guess you've got the pickup truck you've got your equipment in the back yeah yeah you, you, i mean it's you look like you could be you know hunting and fishing in the in you know in the backwoods of, of massachusetts hardly no 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 no, no. <laughs> i mean it's it's practical i'll say that yeah. and that kind of that kind of brings... Uh, well, well, when are you going to get your minivan, though? That's the next question, because you have a, a young child. 
Uh, I'm just going to get a bigger truck. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be one of those guys that's going to have the pickup truck and then there's like that second row where it's just like, the, you know, you've got about this much space for the for the child to sit in? No, no, no. Well, that's why you got the bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, kidding, I'm one I'm of kidding. those eighties kids that, that, um, my stepfather had a, a pickup truck it, and he put all of the kids in the back of the pickup truck. It, it yeah. was covered, but there were no seatbelts back there and we would do road trips and he would take a turn and we would all like spin. To well, the that leg. makes it fun. <laughs> we had, I think he put an old mattress in the back so that we could fall asleep if we needed to. But man, I'll tell you, you could not get away with that today at all. Oh, absolutely not. All right. So we, I want to, I want to I wanna finish up with, this other question for you. We've got all of this push towards EVs, but why haven't, why has there not been a discussion of getting, of hybrids? Um, there was a story in the Wall Street Journal about the, the Toyota CEO. Yeah. Uh, he's passing the reins from, you know, he, this was the guy that helped grow uh, Toyota into one of the top automakers in the world. Yeah. And he's did it with an approach of, he, you know, their EV strategy was always more about, getting to a hybrid world rather than going rather than just pushing EV, pushing EV, pushing EV. Um, and it always made sense, more sense to me is like, why not push hybrids more? Like, you know, the, the whole Prius is a hybrid, right? Or is it a fully electric now? No, it's but, no, no, it's, it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid and it's the best selling hybrid out there. Um, from my understanding. Yeah. I, I don't understand why, like all of a sudden it, it, it's almost like the discussion of, uh, autonomous cars versus semi-autonomous. Like, why have what you know? Why can't we just have cars that uh, sort of help us drive, but we still have to drive them? Um, but you know, maybe it's just that they want to reach that top hurdle and not think about you know how we get there, which is the middle middle parts of stuff. Um, I've I've always been fascinated. Like, why why can't we just push more hybrids rather than maybe it's just because they don't feel like maybe you well, have to have that aspirational goal. We're never going to get to that that EV future if we don't push people toward. I mean, I I think many could think of like the hybrid car model as like the stepping stone to EVs. And I think one could say that, yeah, okay, we, we've done the hybrid. We've done the hybrid. We've done the Prius. We've done every car manufacturer at least has a hybrid. I'm, I could be very wrong on that, but most car manufacturers have a hybrid version of some sort of car in their roster. Right. But I I think a lot of people might see the hybrid as, uh, as that stepping stone. Like we've done that stepping stone. We're done. Yeah. We've done hybrid. Now we're moving on to the next step, which is fully electric. On the other hand, I do think EVs today, it's an industry. It's the new shiny object that the market is going to push. Yeah. Um, and I, I think for the most part, not to get political, but I think, it's being pushed as the saving grace to the environmental crisis, right? But it's yeah, it's but being looked at as the solution to solving a problem. With, but, right? with, but without thinking about the potential consequences of, of that. Absolutely. That that can definitely be said. Like, yeah, we're, we're not thinking about like, okay, what happens if we, everybody has EVs and an EV fire happens in like a, a parking garage. Yeah. Right. And then you got EVs all over the places. Everything's going to catch, you know. <laughs> We're not thinking about like the real estate needed to charge all these cars. We're not thinking about, okay, well, what do we do when an EV has fully depleted its, its, uh, its skateboard, uh, battery pack? How are we going to, how are we going to recycle that? Can it be recycled? Right. Can it be thrown out? What are we going to do with it? Right. I don't think that's being thought of. I think, and again, as I said earlier, I just think we have horse blinders on being like, yay, EV, save the environment. It's the only way to save our planet is to buy this EV and everybody's going to buy it and like it. 
Speaking and of I, speaking, I just think yeah. I think that that's the case today, and I think that's why I don't think hybrids are looked at more. I will say if they, I know the 2024 uh, Toyota Tacoma is a hybrid, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I totally buy that. Totally. I'll be getting that in 2040 then, I guess. When when I when I'm when it's time for me to get another new car yeah. or newish, but real, but real. And, and we should just switch back to horses anyway. Like, why don't we just go all the way back and then just start bringing you know start raising more horses? Or is that or is the energy to raise a horse even worse than trying to buy a car? Well, like, then, what's the carbon impact of a horse? Probably a, actually probably a lot if you think about it. You swap out cars with horses. How many horses would be galloping around, pooping all over the place? Oh, like, I know. Yeah, I mean, cleanup would be horrible. Yeah, it's it's the whole issue of like raising cattle. Like that isn't aren't like isn't that what the vegetarians and the vegans always go talk about as well as yeah, but the amount of methane that 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 cows produce. Right, right. But real quick, going back yeah. to the uh, the article over here, let me uh, pull it back up. I'm glad you're bringing us back to a realistic discussion. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. But like the, the <laughs> thing, I I like Toyota. I, I like Japanese auto car makers. I just think they they produce a really quality like quality cars. I mean, you had a Honda. I, I did have a Toyota. Yeah, the yeah. minivan was a Toyota minivan, and then we switched over to Honda for the pilot. Yeah, my, it was my, always those two. My whole family, we've had. Toyotas. I think we had Ford once, but then after that, it's all Toyota. I think. Uh, I think everybody in their life should own a Ford once, just to know, just to know what how, you're getting yourself into, and then. Oh well, you you've heard those old. You know what does Ford stand for? Found uh, fixer repair daily or yeah, found on road yeah. dead. Those are the two. And then EVs stands for his expensive vehicle. <laughs> uh, but anyways, going back to the article here, and I, I actually I I like this article a lot. It, you know, because it paints Toyota's plan and strategy kind of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say after reading the article, and again, we'll have the article link in the description yeah. below, but I, sadly, I think that they are, they are going to slowly, not slowly, but a little bit more quicker, more, a little bit more quickly. They're going to move towards EVs and be, because like of that. Full EVs. No. And just, <sighs> and just sort of abandon the hybrid or just sort of phase. They'll it still out? have the hybrid, but I think their focus is going to shift. Their focus. It's going to have to shift over to EVs. To stay competitive. Yeah. I think, I think. I want them to stay more in the hybrid lane. And again, this is just my opinion. It's just my opinion. They should definitely stay in the, in the hybrid lane and, and not move over too quickly over to EVs. But the reason why I say that is because the former, well, he's now former CEO, uh, da, 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 let me yeah. find his name, uh, just Mr. Toyota, T-O-Y-O-D-A. He's 66 years old. He's handing it down to 53-year-old engineer Koji Sato. And I just think once you... Once you've done a good job on something, all right, the CEO's done an amazing job with Toyota. Once you hand it over to someone else, what do you think's going to happen? They're going to... He's going to... The new CEO will try something to not be a carbon copy of the previous CEO and will do something and it won't be as popular. Yeah. There's there's the possibility of kind of deviating from what has been working in Toyota. Yep. Right. And I think Toyota has this, this way of taking their time in building things. That's why their car, in my opinion, their cars are just so well made, right? They last forever. They're not going to be the, they're not going to, they don't have any like knee jerk reactions when something new and shiny comes out. They're like, oh, we need to do that tomorrow. That's more of like the American way, except Because we got to keep up with markets. Yeah, except for that one Toyota from 30 years ago that I had that had a hole in the gas tank. But is that- Well, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Was that really their fault? That was probably, you know- Just upkeep. That was just upkeep. Upkeep or some freak accident. I don't know. Driving in, you know, the the salty, wet 
wintry conditions in New England that probably rusted out the the gas tank at some point. But that's another point I wanted to like. I know we've talked about the price and we've talked about the range. One thing that I that I also noticed is that, that noticed in some of these articles was because the car is completely electric, things like heat. So if you're driving this in the winter and you want to turn on the heater, that's going to because the the heater is going to draw electricity or draw the heat from the electric battery, right? It's going to drain the battery even faster. Um, there was this article on Business Insider that talked a lot about how brutal these these road trips can be. Uh, and I and I think that that was one of the points they raised is that you have to sacrifice comfort for the extended range. And so, and then there's another, there was another YouTube clip. Well, we'll put it in the notes. I don't, you don't, you don't have to bring it up here, but, um, this one guy tested a Rivian yeah. over 10 days. I think I've, yeah, I've seen that one. And it was, and again, it was in colder weather and the cold weather affects these batteries. Like anybody who's living in New England, lived in New England with a regular, regular battery, like the battery that starts the car. If it gets really cold, that battery sometimes doesn't start oh, wait a minute. and it what? drains the battery and, and you know. Faster. Yeah, was that a Jerry Rig? It was a Jerry, it was like it was a, a YouTuber. I think it was a TikTok thing that you sent me. No, no, no. That, that oh, was no. Jerry Rig. Okay. Uh Jerry Rig. Uh, I'm not getting his name right. Yeah. It's Jerry Rig something. He has a YouTube channel. He does a bunch of like Android phone tests. He he tests things, stuff like that. But yeah, I think the clip uh he sent or he shared was he had a Rivian and he was at the airport. He was traveling for he's gonna be gone for ten days. Yep. So he left his Rivian out for ten days in the cold. Um, and then when he came back, he lost like 50 something miles mileage, in range. Yeah, yeah. In range. 50, yeah. 50 or so mileage in range. Could be a little bit less, could be a little bit more. I don't remember the exact uh, number, but I mean, it, it just goes to show, you know, it, it's not like you have a gas powered car, right? And you have a small leak in your gas tank. That just doesn't happen. It's like when you when you park your car, you have the same amount of, of gas that you started yeah, unless with, you have right? a hole in the gas tank. <laughs> unless you have a hole in the gas tank. So it's kind of like this weird concept with EVs. It's kind of like, you know, you're driving and you turn it back on. You expect to have the same amount of charge, but it's like, no, that's not how it's like batteries it, work, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like the, the iPhone battery in your pocket. Like, you know, as the battery wears down and, you know, Apple is pretty famous for this. Like I had this old iPhone, like it wouldn't last me the eight hours because the, the battery would drain it. And all of a sudden it was like, all I did was made three phone calls or all I did was, you know, surf the internet for 10 minutes. Oh my God, surf the internet. I'm like 90 here. Mm-hmm. Same kind of issues. And, and, and again, I don't, I don't know if people are thinking about this. So, um, I, I want to ask the audience, you know, basically if, if you have any comments, like, you know, are we, are we overreacting here? Have you driven EVs? Are there other problems that we're not thinking about? I think that, you know, comments comments on this would be appreciated because uh it does feel like sometimes i'm i I don't know as much as i should on on this space because again i don't own one and in about 10 years i might own a either a hybrid or an electric vehicle i I will say and i probably should have said this at the beginning yeah of of this episode is i I actually drove a tesla once it was like a relative of family um who had a tesla and he, he allowed me to drive it did he have a top hat and a monocle and nope, like nope. carrying a bag with a mon- mon- okay? What Monopoly? Was it, yeah? Was it was it what? Elon no, Musk? No, is, no, is Elon Musk your relative? No, no. <laughs> but anyways, okay. I, I drove it, and I, you get in. I don't know. I didn't know how to start the car because there's no <laughs> there's no key. There's no regular ignition. You had to do some sort of. I think it was like on the blinker. The okay, I, I will admit. Or, but, so, or just a really quick side note. 
the Honda Pilot I have now does, and the new one that I'm getting, the new car I'm getting, does have the thing where you press a button, push and, the and, and yeah. the key is just basically... It's a fob. It's a fob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you push the brake down and then push right. the button. But anyways, going back to the Tesla, I hop yeah. in, right? I, after you, I figured out how to start, start it, right? Okay. I will say it's pretty incredible of an experience. Like when you go, when you press on the pedal, you go. And it's like you're riding a magic carpet. There's no lag. There's no wait like for, for an engine to spool up. It's just instantaneous uh, power. And it, and it was fun. It was, it was cool. But I, I could never imagine actually owning one. But well, what's holding you back? The fact that it runs on batteries. Okay. So like but, out of those concerns that we've had, what's is your biggest one the potential fire risk? No, or, it just... Or is it... How much money it's going to cost to maintain? Is well, just, it is it the 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 maintenance cost, the electrical cost? Is I mean, all the above. The range, just all the above. It's just yeah. you know, it's new. It, the whole car runs on batteries. I I just want to do it. I I'd have to think about like, okay, where can I charge this? And the biggest thing, actually, actually, out of everything, is like, how long do I have to wait for it to have enough uh, battery life to drive somewhere? You just have to find something else to do while you're waiting for the recharge. Well, it's either I'm going, you know, it's either I'm, I'm going from point A to point B. I don't want to have to think about like in between, like, you know what I mean? If I'm going to have enough energy to enough electricity to, to get home, you know what I mean? That's my work. Like I got here, I got here at work. I'm almost at a empty oh, tank. Yeah, I was going to bring that and up. I, and that I'm was, just that's like, what I started thinking about. Are you I, one of those guys that, that worries about how much gas they have left in their car? No, no, not at all. Once you, once your, uh, red, your red light comes on your E light, you have, approximately 30 miles in theory yeah in theory to get to a gas station because yeah. in theory 30 miles out there's a gas station right can you can we say that for evs yet i don't know i don't i mean a lot of these cars will have apps that will tell you sure sort of sure. where the closest one is and they they sort of pre-plan it so that you're not sort of stuck on the side of the road mm-hmm. um I grew up with my, so I, you know, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother when I was growing up and she was of the, she was one of those sort of great depression survivors. And my great grandmother kind of was, you know, saved everything that she had. So she never let the gas tank go under half. And so she sort of instilled that into, like, I filled up my, I had about a half a tank of gas today and I, I still went to the gas station and filled it up. So that's not a bad thing. Other members of of my family without, without sort of throwing in them under the bus are the, they will wait to the last second to, and I don't know if it's because they just don't want to go to the gas station and fill it up because they they just don't like doing that. Or they, they want to run that. They're like running the gauntlet. They're like, let's see how far I could go before it, it, it goes. So that's, that's just, you know, another thing to worry about. Yeah. So, all right. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Thanks, Chris, for, for joining us on the show and uh, giving us your opinion. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and add any comments you have below, especially the comments, especially if we're, uh, if we're way off base here. Let us know. Uh, join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.